Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE, and uh, you're listening to JJ on the SNS Radio Network. Work it. take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the Virtual Matrix. Please stand by for the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Cheap ass whooper of sorry sons of bitches. And movie entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. Three, two, one. Here we go again. Right now. Let's go. Me and you. Toe to toe. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy. Normally, this is the point that I would have the grapes in hand. They'd be sitting right to the side of me. And I'd be willing to spew any kind of venom in the world that was interesting in the world of professional wrestling or gaming. But I want to I take a moment right now to start this show off. I woke up this morning and heard the news that Japan had been devastated by an 8.9 earthquake. The devastation that has followed all day. A second earthquake happened. We had tsunamis. It's not been a very good day in the world. And I want to take a moment of silence right now to everyone who has lost their lives from this disaster. I'm not going to quote numbers because nobody seems to know what the correct number is at this point in time. I've heard hundreds, I've heard thousands. But right now, I don't know. And it happened to a country that holds significance in both what this show stands for. It shows significance in the fact that Japan is a wrestling culture. And that Japan produces a lot of video gaming. And last I checked, this what this show is all about. So right now, I want to take a moment of silence for those who are lost, missing, or have lost their lives in this tragedy. 
I hope that those that are still alive that are missing can be found and, and safe. And I hope that the restoration, the rebuilding process in Japan can be swift. You know, I I hate natural disasters. I really do, especially when you you know when it deals with earthquakes. We've been seeing a lot of those over the last five or six years. That ring of fire is starting to act up again. And as much as I want to be positive, and as much as I would like to say that the danger is over for them and everyone else that resides in that ring of fire, I think this is just the beginning. I really do. It wouldn't surprise me if that major fault line in the United States, the San Andreas Fault, if we have some sort of earthquake within the next seven, seven days to two weeks. I'm not wishing that would happen. But when one earthquake happens, it seems like other ones happen. So let's hope that the danger for Japan is over. Let's hope that the surrounding areas are safe. And, and I do want to put this out there. Normally, I, I don't advocate things like this, but being that it is, a, uh, it is a disaster, and obviously so much is going to go into rebuilding this country. Uh, the Red Cross is going into so much effort right now. Uh, if you can give blood, go out and give blood. If you can donate your money to help the relief efforts, please do so. I made a donation myself today. And I do have one thing that I want to pass along to you. Um, Canadians can text the word Red Cross to 30333. Americans can text the word Red Cross on your cell phones, 90999. It's only $5 Canadian or $10 American. Goes on your cell phone bill. I mean, you can spare $5. You can spare $10 to help these people rebuild this country. So if you are able, please do. Now, now that I've got that out of the way, I feel a little bit better. I hate the situation. It is what it is. And I wish the Japanese people and the surrounding countries that were affected by the tsunamis and the quakes the best of luck. Help is on the way. We're going to get you guys squared away. But with that said, welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. A lot to talk about tonight. A little bit of a format change going forward on this show. Uh, you know, in the past, this show has been about wrestling and video games. That's, that's intact, okay? That will remain. But one of the things that I would really like to do going forward from now on is... We're going to do the SmackDown recap. I'm going to bring Crelly on to cover the news of the week. We're going to hit a commercial break. And when we come back, I want to continue wrestling discussion. I'll open the phone lines up. You guys can call in and talk about SmackDown. Whatever's on your mind in professional wrestling. When that segment is done, we're taking our next break. Coming back, we're talking video games. I will take calls after Sean does all the gaming news. 
but I want those calls to focus on the gaming segment of this show. I totally want to make this show exactly what I set out to make it, a wrestling and video game show, and I don't really want to intermix the two anymore. I want this show to, to flow a little more... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I want everything to kind of flow together better than what we've had on this show. So no interviews tonight, but I know we have an interview with, I believe, Lauren Mayhew is coming back on the show next week. She's got some things to promote. So she'll be making an appearance on Unplugged next week here, and who knows what else we might have planned for you. So with that said, now that we've got all the pleasantries out of the way, we've got everything worked out, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and talk some SmackDown tonight on the program. So we start things off on this edition of SmackDown, of course, with the World Heavyweight Champion who will be defending his championship at WrestleMania against the number one contender and the winner of the 2011 Royal Rumble, Alberto Del Rio. Edge comes out basically, uh, for lack of a better term, calls Alberto Del Rio out for a fight. So we see Del Rio and Brodus Clay come down to the ring. Um, Edge basically nails them. Uh, he's cut off by Clay. Christian makes the save. Uh, Brodus Clay and Alberto Del Rio overcome both Christian and, and Edge at this point until the referees come in, break things up. Uh, T-Lo comes out and decides that he's going to make Edge and Christian versus Alberto Del Rio and Brodus Clay the main event for tonight. So pretty good segment. It's kind of nostalgic seeing Edge and Christian come back as a tag team, what, 10 years after the fact? Although, there were no five-second poses. What's up with that? That's crazy. So next up, we actually have uh, a match where it's supposed to be, I believe, Wade Barrett and Kane. What ends up happening is... Uh, Kane defeats Wade Barrett by DQ when the core comes out and attacks. Big Show comes out with a chair to make the save. Tilo once again comes out and decrees that it will now be the Big Show and Kane taking on Wade Barrett and Heath Slater, and the rest of the core are banned from ringside. So we have this tag team matchup and some very awkward moments between Kane and Wade Barrett, in my opinion. I like Barrett, and I, I think he's a he's a can't-miss talent, and I think he's going to be a big star. But I don't know what it was. The chemistry between him and Kane tonight just did not seem to gel. Um, of course, in the end, this match ends in a DQ. Uh, both Show and Kane pick up the win when the core come out. Anyway, after being told not to, uh, Show gets a chair, hits Ezekiel Jackson, 
and Wade Barrett as everyone else gets the hell out of Dodge. An interesting setup. They're obviously going, uh, this is going somewhere, building toward WrestleMania 27. As I've said, I think they're going to end up having some sort of maybe four-on-four tag at WrestleMania. I could even possibly see a four-on-three handicap with uh, maybe Diesel being added into the mix on behalf of Kane and the Big Show taking on all four members of the core. Uh, Next up, we see Cody Rhodes walking up backstage, still has his uh, protective mask on. This next match, coming out of break, we see Cody Rhodes taking on JTG. And uh, as soon as I saw JTG, I knew it was in store for him. Uh, You know, pin me, pay me, my night is over. Uh, A very aggressive Cody Rhodes comes out in street clothes, no less, wearing the protective mask. And the gimmick, what a gimmick change for Cody Rhodes. He goes from being completely dashing to I'd almost liken him to almost a, a serial killer. You know, he comes out, he's brutal. His facial reactions were on par. I mean, he was nothing but aggressive in the way he just beat the crap out of JTG. I'm, I'm digging this new gimmick that they've got for Cody Rhodes. Obviously, he lays out the challenge for Rey Mysterio. He's still waiting for an answer. Um, the announcers were pushing very heavily that Triple H is going to respond to The Undertaker. So, of course, we get to see a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a recap from Monday Night Raw involving JBL, Michael Cole, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and uh, everything setting up with the Jerry the King Lawler-Michael Cole match for WrestleMania 27. I almost felt like this was more of a promo show for WrestleMania, for Raw, as opposed to a regular edition of SmackDown. Um, Next up, they have what is being hyped as the interview of the year. As good old Michael Cole decides to interview John Cena, they are showing clips of what happened on Monday night when Cena responded to The Rock and delivered that Dr. Seuss-esque knockout blow to the former People's Champ. And, of course, Miz comes in and uh, destroys John Cena and even hits the his version of the People's Elbow, which I guess is being called the Awesome Elbow, and uh, John Cena talks about how you know Miz has his attention, kind of let him he he let him slip by. He tells Michael Cole to go back to his corner and let him talk. John Cena says everything he needs to get across. Michael Cole gets back in the ring and says, "Yeah, I brought you out here to interview you. We're going to do things my way." And uh, John Cena attempts to attitude adjust Michael Cole. Jack Swagger comes out, defends Michael Cole. And uh, ends up taking an attitude adjustment as Cole scampers up the ramp along with Jack Swagger. Um, we see another pro- another promo commercial for the former Mystico, who will be making his debut sometime in the very near future, possibly after WrestleMania 27. And I'm telling you, this guy is either going to be a big star in this company with as much hype and promotion as they put into him, or he's going to fizzle. And I'd like to think he's going to be a big star. We'll see. His style is definitely going to be unique. And it's going to be interesting to see how his style contrasts with uh, the WWE style that he's probably 
in the process of learning to some degree before he makes his debut on the main roster. Uh, next up, we have a match between Caitlin, the season, what was it, season four? No, season three of NXT winner taking on one half of Lay Cool, Layla. Short match here, Layla making short work. And, and let me say this now. Harmony was sitting right beside me when this match was going on, and she was raving about how much Layla has improved. I mean, everything Layla did tonight was just fantastic. You know, she's got the moves down. She's got the psychology down. So she gets the pin over Caitlin. Michelle McCool comes in, and they both decide to brutalize uh, Caitlin a little bit as Michelle McCool sets her in the corner and ends up giving her a knee to the back. So next up, Michael Cole comes back to ringside after this match. We have a match between Rey Mysterio, who's making his return after being uh, destroyed by Cody Rhodes a few weeks ago and having his mask taken away. His opponent for tonight is none other than the former chosen one, Drew McIntyre, who ever since Elimination Chamber has had a better character, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, again, he's still in the process of putting guys over. I thought the match was really good between Mysterio and McIntyre. I do like the intensity that he's bringing. They've tried a couple different gimmicks with Drew that haven't caught on, but I'm hoping they're not going to drop the ball with him anytime soon because I think this uh, this gimmick he's got right now might work for him. So we'll see what the prolonged idea or the push is for Drew McIntyre going forward. But I, quite frankly, am digging the gimmick. Let's see where it goes. I hope that he's not one of the many cuts that are rumored to happen after WrestleMania 27, but it is what it is, and I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. So we also get a Triple H promo. Uh, Triple H comes out, talks about he's going to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. He talks about why Shawn Michaels, the greatest of all time, came up short against The Undertaker on two separate occasions. And it deals with the fact that as Sean said, he let his emotions get the best of him. And as Sean said, Triple H is someone who can put his emotions in check. And he has that dark side. And he thanked The Undertaker for giving him a no-holds-barred matchup and promises that he will defeat The Undertaker or he will die trying. So very good promo by Triple H. Next up, we come to our main event of the evening, Christian and Edge taking on Alberto Del Rio and Brodus Clay, the former NXT rookie from Season 4. And I don't know what it is about Brodus Clay. I like this guy. I really do. I, you know, I believe he used to wrestle as G-Rilla on the Independents. And that name was so fitting for him because when I look at Brodus Clay, I, when I look at Brodus Clay, I want to hand him a fucking... Uh, a batch of bananas because he looks a lot like a gorilla and i think that his timing is really good i think that his offense his defense all look really crisp in the ring um the end of course comes with christian and edge getting the win as christian nails a tornado ddt and edge follows it up with a spear on brodus clay for the win so good matchup no five-second pose unless they had it, you know, in the post-Raw dark match. But 
overall, I would say that uh, this wasn't a bad episode of SmackDown, but I really am starting to get bothered by all the promo-heavy stuff. You know, We're not seeing Triple H on Raw, where he belongs. We're seeing him on SmackDown. We're not seeing The Undertaker on SmackDown, where he belongs. We're seeing him on Raw. And I really feel like if you're on a certain show, you should be on that show. Again, if you have a brand split, why are you doing this? Most people would say to get exposure, obviously, for the different brands on the different programs. That makes sense. But at the same time, when all you're doing is promoing the show, building up to WrestleMania, and you're letting the wrestling action take second, you know, second fiddle, it, to me it's just not working. So if I had to give this show a grade, I would give it, uh, I would give it a B-, and we're talking like low B-, close to C+. Not a bad show just not a great show so that is your smackdown recap on the sci-fi network right here on unplugged so at this time i want to go ahead and uh, jump onto the phone lines and i believe joining me on the phone line right now we have the owner and editor-in-chief of headlocks to headlines.com one chris kelly what's going on man you know man the best part about smackdown was caitlin she looks so hot she, she, like, compared to her time on NXT, she actually looked like a diva. She actually looked in shape. Yeah, and she, she looked great. She's like one of these girls where we've not seen her. Like, I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure why we've not seen her yet on TV much, but apparently this is due to backstage heat. But she, she, she looked, she looks fantastic. Like, and if girls like Layla can improve, why can't she? True that. Like, and you know what? Now let's get to the news now. I know you started off the show with some sad news about Japan. Well, I'm going to have to start, some, start off my segment with some bad news uh, regarding Gian Hall. Um, as you know, she was pregnant, I believe, 18 weeks pregnant. And this past um, weekend, she announced that she had been taken to hospital. And she announced that, her, that she had suffered a miscarriage. So, on behalf of myself and everyone at Headlocks and this nest, I want to send out... Uh, our thoughts and prayers to Jillian, who unfortunately lost her child this past weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have to second that. I mean, uh, most of you know the history between myself and Jillian Hall from several years ago when I was drunk at a house show in Oklahoma City and basically proposed to her. Well, we all know that didn't really uh, turn out the way I had expected. And, you know, I, I moved on and married Harmony and, and you know, I have a great life now. But it, it saddens me to hear that I was so happy for Jillian when I heard that she was uh, pregnant with her second child. And, you know, my heart and my condolences go out to her. It's not easy when you lose a child. It's never an easy situation. And I just hope that uh, she's doing okay and, you know, condolences definitely in order. And the thing that makes it worse, I found is two weeks ago, Kent Michelle also suffered a miscarriage. I know. There, uh, it's, there's something in the water. I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, that's that's sad to hear. Uh, it's crazy, but let's, uh, let's try and turn up the tune of this, this show and the segment. Um, now, here's something that was interesting that happened actually on SmackDown, but actually before SmackDown. The return of one gold standard to the WWE. Shelton Benjamin had a return tryout match, dark match, whatever you want to call it. Um, at, at the tapings, and according to all um, back to his sources, he was received well, and he will be offered a contract after WrestleMania to, to, to return to the company. And I do know this: 
he's not actually contracted to Ring of Honor. Really? Because I try, yes. Um, this is why when I tried to book him for an interview via Ring of Honor, they said that they can't. He does not actually have contract to Ring of Honor. He worked there on the day, or like on dates. So he is literally free to rejoin WWE at any point. Well, now, I know he had recently said that he didn't know if he was returning to the company or not. Uh, again, there's a lot of heavy rumors saying that there will be roster cuts after WrestleMania 27. And uh, what Shelton was one of the guys let go, I believe, what was it, back in November? Yeah, along with like Rance, Archer, and that, oh, yeah. So, you know, I would love to see Shelton back. Uh, he was always a guy that I really enjoyed watching in the WWE. I, you know, again, I... I don't know. He did get positive reviews from both the crowd and WWE officials. So if they do offer him a contract, I would like to think that more than likely he's going to re-sign with the company. I just hope that they have a direction for him. I mean, I don't know that he'll ever be a world champion, but I think Shelton could be an awesome guy to have in that mid-card, you know, feuding for the U.S. or Intercontinental Championship. And, well, if need be, uh, and, they, and if they buy a big enough check, they could also bring in Charlie Hoss. And because you've seen the work that, that they've been doing down in, in um, ROH, they have been tearing down the house. I mean, they may have rented a pay-per-view at Ring of Honor in a tag team match. When was the last time you saw a tag team contest may have rented any pay-per-view within WWE or, Ring of, or TNA? That's true, but WWE is not heavy on tag teams, and... You know, Vince, well, you Vince, say that. Vince, well, hold on. Now, Vince McMahon yeah. has even said on record a few times that he was, you know, when it comes to Charlie Haas, he'd rather watch paint dry. You know, sad but true. You know, I think Charlie Haas is a, is a fantastic in-ring talent. You know, he might not have the, the greatest, uh, you know, mic skills or, or the charisma. But, you know, we're talking about a company that, that doesn't care about tag team wrestling. It's evident by the unified tag team belts that they have. Uh, the lack of tag teams. We're talking about a company that 20 years ago was so tag team rich that your Survivor Series were made up of mostly tag teams competing in Survivor Series matches. And nowadays, you're lucky if you can find one actual tag team that isn't two mid-carders or two main event guys thrust into a tag team. Well, if you look at uh, tonight on SmackDown, right, they did reform albeit for one night, two former tag team champions within Ed and Christian and Kane and Big Show. And, it, and I could easily see Ed and Christian after Mania, when Ed drops about to Del Rio, going for the tag titles. Because Ed, I think Ed and Christian, despite being two men eventers put together, they do have history. They have big history. They, well, they, they, they were tag team as mid-carders. So would that bring more prestige back to the belt because they actually have history together? I don't think it would. I, you know, again, I, I don't think they're interested in Haas. I think they want Shelton Benjamin, and they have something planned for him. Maybe another run with the Intercontinental or, or U.S. title. Uh, but I don't think they're interested in Charlie Haas. True, but as Loki said last week, the only guy that matters opinion is a man, and all he wants is money. And if, right. if he sees money in tag team wrestling in Charlie Haas and Benjamin, he will... And if you look at Ring of Honor's buy rate since th those guys came in, they've improved. So maybe, just maybe, ratings will spike with the return of a possible tag team division. Yeah, but you can't base, and, and I see that we're getting calls in. Guys, we're not taking calls till after the first break, which will be after this segment. I will take your calls at that point, guys. So hold off on the phone calls. 
Right. Go, go ahead. On. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you were saying that you don't think that WWE will, and then you stopped talking. I, I just I don't think that bringing in one tag team, and, and again, I, they're not interested in Haas. From what I understand, they are interested in Benjamin. I just can't see them going back to a time. Vince just does not care about tag team wrestling. I mean, that's been evident over the last couple of years. You cannot, you cannot, cannot have a tag team division based on just one tag team alone. And that's why there's no fucking tag team division. True, but it wouldn't be too hard to bring back a few tag teams. It wouldn't be that hard. Like, you could count the core as a tag team, right? You could count the Nexus as a tag team. You, can, you, you, you still have the Usos. You, have, you still do have Kozlov and Sandino. You, and, and if you use Ed and Christian as like an attraction, you could use those. You're right, but you the could, Usos are rumored to be breaking up soon. I mean, right. they, they didn't even give these guys a real legitimate shot at doing anything. You know, we haven't seen them on TV in a while. I, I mean, I don't watch Superstars, so if they're on Superstars, forgive me for, for being wrong on that. But they are literally talking about breaking these kids up but the problem is, nobody knows who the Usos are. You know, if, if you know, fantasy booking here, or not even fantasy booking, fuck it. I'm even going to use that term. If I'm the guy that's booking this shit, I would even try to make a play for Rikishi to come in and manage his kids. Right, and, that would be a good idea, because right now he's actually free. I think he's, he's got some connection with some indie company where, near him, but he has no really big commitments. And people on Twitter have basically been begging for him to come in. Because if you bring in Rikishi, the fans will know him. And the fans will give him like a good reaction. And this, this should rub off on his kids. And what, and what would it hurt to bring back in Rikishi for six months or so to get, his, to get his kids over? Well, I mean, how did Rikishi get over in the first place? Uh, you know, head shrinkers. You know, you had Afa come in and, you know, manage both of those guys. Uh, you know, same with the Hart Dynasty. They really didn't give them an opportunity. They should have had a mouthpiece. You know, Jim the Anvil Nightheart would have been such a great uh, mouthpiece for those kids to help get them over. I mean, Brett was not the right guy to do it. I think Nightheart could have done well. Turning them face was a bad idea. They should have stayed heel. I thought they were over big time on ECW. They were doing a fantastic job before ECW folded. But that's the problem. The WWE, Vince McMahon in particular, does not give a shit about tag teams. And tag team wrestling is something that I grew up a major fan of. I love tag team wrestling. And I, I will never understand why it's not profitable or why it's seen as a negative in this company. I can't remember who said it, but there's a quote on WWE TV. And if someone can say who it was, I'll love it. But so one of the announced teams says... Um, here we have a tag team, but they don't often tag team together because uh, the current generation of wrestlers prefer to have individual gold and tag team gold. I think it might be a match like I said it, but someone definitely said that they want that wrestlers nowadays prefer to have single gold and tag team gold. Well, okay, which is very true. Here's the thing: your initial goal when you get into professional wrestling is not to go out and be a tag team champion. Your goal when you step in those ropes, when you train. Under whoever it is you train, your goal is to go out there and be the best that you can be and someday be the world heavyweight champion. If you're not in it for that reason, get the fuck out of the business. Right. But, oh, you said that. Look, look at Matt and Jeff Hardy. 
they wanted to become tag team champions once. Well, but you you have to understand when you put two guys together in a tag team match, and they're a tag team. The whole point of putting them in that and building a tag team division is to get those guys seasoned, and at some point break them up and move them out on their own. You learn more right. about wrestling in a tag team than you do just coming up and starting off a singles wrestler. You know, look at guys who have benefited from being in tag teams in the past. Guys like Shawn Michaels, for example. I wasn't a big fan of the Rockers, but look at what he did after he broke up with Jordy, with Marty Jannetty. Well, you know, well, that seems to make sense because if you look right now at um, the guy that won NXT, um, uh, British Clay, the reward for winning NXT was that you were tag team with your pro. And that's why he, that's why he was on SmackDown. So that makes sense because you now have Brotus Clay learning from Del Rio. Okay, Del, Del Rio is not a veteran per se to, in the American uh, uh, wrestling. No, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, in the American wrestling kind of history. But he, but by working with him, he will get knowledge of the best of WWE style. Well, and, and so, I think I think they okay. have they have plans. Sorry, I think they have plans for uh, for Brotus Clay. I mean, uh, I read the original report. Uh, going forward with him, they originally wanted him to be the bodyguard for Ted DiBiase. And if you remember, uh, the last season of NXT, he actually was the rookie for Ted DiBiase. And he won a challenge that allowed him to switch and pick a new mentor because he wasn't getting along with Ted DiBiase. He felt like he was being held back. So he went to Alberto Del Rio. Now, while Del Rio may not be uh, a WWE veteran, he's been in this business for quite a while and been a star in Mexico. So putting him with Del Rio right now is great. It gives him exposure. It gives him the opportunity to be thrust in this main event at WrestleMania where he's obviously going to end up being in the corner of, of uh, Alberto Del Rio, which is probably going to allow Edge to have Christian in his corner. So in the long run, it's a smart move to kind of get him showcased. And he did not win this last season of NXT. Okay, but as we saw from what season two, it doesn't matter if you win or not. Alex Riley got a, a, a big push just being the runner-up, or not, not even being the runner-up. He wasn't even in the finals. He got eliminated that last show. And Who it just shows. Won? Do what now? Who actually won NXT last season? Uh, the last season was Johnny Curtis. Right, and where's his big debut? Yeah, we haven't seen him, but we see Brodus Clay. So, you know, and then Caval won season two. Caval's gone. Yep. So. And, uh, you, and you got Caitlin, who won number number three. Yes. Other than nothing. Not a damn thing. But we, we bring up NXT, and of course, it's a fifth season. Now, have you seen the pairings for the pros and the rookies? I have. And, and let me say this. they They had another idea for nxt this season yeah. going forward they even had promos and vignettes uh put together for this this fifth season of nxt and they changed it at the last minute and i'll let you explain that they changed it because it's basically gonna be uh, um overshadowed by the, the return of tough enough and then, uh, so they wanted to focus on tough enough and not on, on nxt season season five so the next series of nxt season five will be what they planned for numbers for uh for number five. So look for number six to be good while number five is there just because they need to kill time until number six starts. Does that make sense? It does. So yes, the pros and rookies are a bit bizarre. Darren Young, who I thought had a WWE contract on Raw, um, 
is is being or his pro is Chavo Guerrero. That makes sense. Chavo Guerrero is a pro. Well, he has been in the um, business for several years. I mean, yeah, he is um, a former ECW world champion, a former WWE tag team champion, a former cruiserweight champion in WCW. I mean, he's held a lot of he's held a lot of gold in his tenure. He is a pro. Right. And I should point out that this series is called um, NXT Redemption. So it's giving former rookies a chance to win another spot. And the prize for NXT Season 5 is to win a spot on NXT Season 6. Yes, ladies um, and gentlemen, it's time for NXT Redemption Island, where the winner gets an opportunity to participate in NXT Season 6. Fuck off. That is ridiculous. So you win the series just to go on the next series. Awesome. That makes perfect sense there. Okay, Connor O'Brien will be, uh, his pro is, is Kozlov. And let's not forget, Connor O'Brien was in the season four of NXT. Yes, uh, we have Lucky Cannon, whose pro is Tyson Kidd. Hmm. Season two of NXT. Uh, Brian Saxton's pro is Yoshitatsu. Season four of NXT. And Jacob Novak's pro is Mr. I Can't Win a Match, JTG. Another season four alumnus from NXT. And here today, here is the best pro and rookie combo so far by ever. This this will never be, be this will never be beaten. Forget the Miz and Daniel Bryan. Forget Ricky Guerrero um, and her rookie. Forget Lakeo and Cavill. Tyson Neal. He 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 has the best pro ever. He does his pro his pro guys is horrible. And it's funny, I tried to get a hold of Titus O'Neil today to find out his comments, and uh, the only thing he could really say to me was, if you want to win, make it a win. <laughs> I just, like, literally, how could you even suspend your belief to think a Hornswool could actually give, like, him anything? Uh, well, look, look at it this way. At least when Hornswoggle teaches him the art of promo, it'll be, ah, 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 rather than, if you want to win, make it a win. Like, like how we do it? Like, Hoddle can't even speak English. He tweets English. Would he be tweeting him his instructions? It's like, that just blows my mind a lot. Um, now, we, we brought up Tough Enough. Apparently, the, uh, the Tough Enough uh, don't like Bill DeMont. Apparently, he's known for being a bully. Now, isn't this the reason that he got fired a few years ago for being too tough on students? You know what, though? I, I'm, I'm tired of the pussies in the locker room that want to sit there and say, oh, he's too tough. Bill DeMott is old school, okay? Bill DeMott is there to train you on how to be a professional wrestler. Bill DeMott comes from a time when people would take your money, beat your ass, and if you didn't know what you were doing, too fucking bad. He's trying to smarten these little kids up and let them know how the business is. That's why Hardcore Holly beat the shit out of Matt Capitelli. There's a lot of resentment in people in Tough Enough because they're not paying their dues. They're just thrust into the spotlight and given an opportunity. And I think that's part of it. But you have to learn in this business. When you are being trained to wrestle, you may or may not at some point in your career run into an asshole that wants to shoot on you. And by God, you better know how to take care of yourself if you get shot on in the ring. 
Well, the best way to think about it is, would you ever be trained in the worst case scenario so you can deal with every single, like, shop, like, or would you prefer just to be, like, have your, your teacher teach you the basic? I would prefer to be beaten black and white and know everything that I need to know compared to being treated well and knowing little. Listen, here's the deal. I would rather go out there and have my ass kicked day in and day out for six months because one thing that's going to teach me and it's going to teach the people that are teaching me is that I have heart and that I want it more than anything. If you take a beating and say, oh, this is not for me, and you run home with your tail between your legs, then they did a successful job in weeding out the pussies. You want people who can go out there, take the abuse, because that's what wrestling is, is, is about. It's toughness and heart, as Wookie Mush says. If you don't have it, get the fuck out. And, and according to these sources, apparently uh, Booker T is said to be the favorite among contestants. But saying that he and Tristratus are said to be there only once a week. Stone Cold and Bilderman are there each and every day. So no wonder the rookies like uh, Booker T and Trish because they're hardly ever there. Well, Bilderman is more of a hands-on guy. He's going to teach you exactly what you need to know. But bear in mind, I would not want to be under one of his moonsaults. That would squish you. Yes, it would be no laughing matter, Crelly. <laughs> um, now, WWE has been busy signing a few uh, divas. Uh, this is because they have no, basically no roster uh, down in FCW. They actually released the sister of um, Alicia Fox so that she could appear on Tough Enough and not be co- and basically get around not being a contracted WWE wrestler and still appear on Tough Enough. So that's kind of a loophole they got there. Uh, it signed uh, Brady um, Alitis, who's a model, which is which I guess is fantastic because there's another model. They well, signed now, the person that you, you brought up on the course cast. And apparently, they signed Sherry Bomb, but she denied it. Who did I bring up on the course cast? Someone from with the with the Australian accent, who was Australian. No, no, no. She's she's not on Tough Enough. Is she not? No, she got signed to a developmental deal. Ah, that's Tennille Taylor. She signed uh, she signed a developmental deal with WWE. She actually went down about I guess a week or two ago with a whole contingent from uh, some of the guys and gals from PWA, which is uh, Prairie Wrestling Alliance in Edmonton. And they do shows locally here in Calgary at least once a month. They kind of took over when Stampede folded. And uh, Lance Storm actually trained her. So she is a student of his and works for the PWA promotion. So uh, I have spoke with her before. I have seen her wrestle. She is very good. And I look forward to seeing what she's going to bring to the WWE. Well, we'll see because, like, I can't, I can't remember who I was reading some blog uh, by a, a wrestler, and she commented about how the uh, how the IWC was upset about WWE like signing all these models and who they get put into the roster, and you, I can't disagree with them because the idea of wrestling is that you're meant to earn your stripes. If you're signed to a contract, it's because you're good looking, and then you go to the ring and look like shit. The fans have every right to be upset because you're meant to earn your stripe, not just not not to be green and, and appear in our ring. Well, make no mistake about it, Rima Faki is only there for notoriety. They only brought her on that show because she's Miss USA, because it's going to get them a huge pop when she's on there. Not because you know they believe she has any kind of talent whatsoever. Well, she is said to be a long-time wrestling fan, but just because you're a wrestling fan doesn't mean you can you take a bump and. 
become tough enough champions. That's true. Now, as of this past weekend, WWE Creative have not decided on what will close WrestleMania. Of course, as The Rock versus, uh, sorry, The Rock with his role involving Cena um, and The Miz. Apparently, Michael Cole's Jerry Lawler is considered the third most important match on the card. I was hoping that would be the, the uh, curtain jerker. But apparently not. Michael Cole will be the third main event of the night. Wow. Now, yes, Michael Cole making his WrestleMania debut as the third main event. Awesome. Now, now take this for what it's worth. The Rock will be at WrestleMania the night... No, sorry, we at Raw the night after WrestleMania. Now that, now that to me, suggests that there will have to be some big bluff at Mania to warrant The Rock returning to Raw. Like, you can't... You, you can't have Cena and Hit Rock just shake hands and that'd be the end of it. That there will need to be some reason for him to return to Raw. And I'm betting my bomb dollar this will be him basically slapping the crap out of John Cena. Well, th- there's got to be something. I-, I don't know what they're going for here, but I guess we're just going to have to sit back and enjoy the ride. The road to WrestleMania is upon us. Now, here's a bit of news that people might be interested in. Apparently, according to backstage sources, WWE creative have been told to kind of include some more edgy stuff, um, edgy content. So, kind of tease being PG, uh, TV 13, but they have to keep the PG rating because financially it's better for them. So, expect some more edgy stuff in terms of content and promos, etc. Okay. Now, let's quickly head over to um, TNA Impact. Now, this week was they had that chick from Jersey Shore, Angelina, and they wanted her to bring in ratings. Well, unfortunately, it didn't. In fact, her her segment was the lowest rated segment on the whole Impact. And the show drew a 1.25. Oh, wow. Was that, is that good or bad? Well, it's down from their 1.36 from last week. And down from the 1.5, that was the highest rating from a few weeks ago. And this was this week? Yes. Oh, see, I, I didn't watch the show, so I'm not going to be negative. I did I, I do want to comment on one thing. Okay. What the fuck was up with Sting's face paint? I saw pictures of that. Like, I, that is the worst-looking Sting face paint I've ever seen in my life. Do you think he kind of raided Jeff Hardy's closet? That slash William Eagles at the same time. I mean, I would rather see Sting go back to using the half face paint that he used back in his early days. Use the black and white, you know, and make it almost like the uh, like like the crow version, but not fully white faced. But what he had uh, the other night was absolutely just looked fucking ridiculous. Again, didn't watch the show. I've seen pics. I'm not going right. to make judgment on TNA because I didn't watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but that's because it starts here at 4 in the morning. So, I've always had it tomorrow night. Now, one last bit of news that I have to credit the Pro Wrestling Torch for. Apparently, The Undertaker is still really banged up uh, because he did not get surgery until late last year. He's been working aggressively to rehab the injury um, in hopes that he won't become uh, that, that he can work to extreme limits at WrestleMania. Now, apparently... Um, WWE's plans for him are to keep him going even after 20-0 and have him only appear at Mania. 
That's now, stupid. That kind of, that's so now, doesn't stupid. that kind of defeat the point of Mania? Well, if, you, if he's just there for one month a year. Well, the, the streak means nothing if he's just going to show up one day a year. Look, the guy is in serious. He's having problems. I mean, he just had shoulder surgery. They couldn't really fix it because he waited so long to get it done. He's breaking down. Look, I say this year, don't let him wrestle, but maybe two or three times this year. Let him have a finale next year at WrestleMania and be done. Be done with it. Look, I love The Undertaker as much as everybody else. And it's going to be sad when he finally does retire from the business. But when it's time, it's time. I mean, dude, you cannot keep going out there with your body just destroyed and expect to have good things. Like, every time they try to give him a long-term title reign, he's so banged up, he gets the championship, he gets hurt, and then they have to take it off of him. I mean, look, let's, let's realize our limitations here. I'm not saying leave the company. You know, he'd be great as a backstage agent. I would even love to see him help creative book things. But there comes a time when you have to make that choice that the time is over. And the time is over. It's been that way for a couple of years now. This is true, but WWE, as we've said before, WWE wants money, okay? And as much as we hate to admit it, we will buy the paper. We will buy WrestleMania each year, mainly because of the streak. Most things now are not important as the streak. And, and as long as the streak's going, we will keep buying the pay-per-view to see who ends it. Okay, and okay, it, hold, hold on. I want to I comment something. May's in the chat saying, not really, the last two Mania matches were incredible. You're right, they were. But how many times did The Undertaker wrestle in the last two years leading up to those matches. He wrestled the first WrestleMania with Michaels. He took six months off, came back, maybe wrestled for about two or three months, took some time off, came back, and then hit the next WrestleMania match. Yes, they rushed his return. Why? Because he's not healthy enough to do anything. That's my whole point. Wait, didn't know his return. Didn't, didn't they also have him off TV because he was put into a vegetative state when he was world champion? No, wait, would he? He he wouldn't even world champion at that point. Like, he must have literally wrestled about two matches. Because, yeah, someone did research. How many matches did he wrestle between both WrestleMania appearances? Because on Winter Bear, it's under 10. Listen, I, you know what? I, I want to say this now. For anyone listening to this show that has never physically gone and taken a bump in a ring, much less done it for 20-plus years. You have no idea the effects that it has on your body. You are constantly in pain. That's why so many wrestlers die from getting addicted to painkillers. You have no idea what it's like to come back from an injury, only to not be ready to come back and then get injured again. So until you've walked a mile in those shoes and know what you're talking about, listen. And learn. Well, speaking of retiring and taking bumps, uh, did you see Kurt Angle's recent interview with the Sun UK? He's basically saying that he would never return to WWE and that he will be retiring when his contract expires. Now, I'm not quite sure what should just tone it. Is it because this is an actual national, a national paper where he has to kind of uh, wave, the, wave the TNA flag? 
or do you think he's now changed his mind and decided to basically retire with TNA wrestling? Well, I, I've heard him do a couple different interviews where he's changed the story up. You know, he doesn't know if he'll go back to the WWE. I heard one where he said he's never going back there. So, right. like, there's been two different versions of the story out there. Is he going back? Is he not going back? He says that once August comes around, his contract is up, he's going to consider his options. He even blatantly said in that interview with Monday Night Mayhem that, in fact, he was not comfortable with bringing his children into the storyline angle, which is something that we have been talking about on this particular network for a while now. Despite the fact that he has said, I'm okay with the angle. And then he comes out and says, well, okay, I'm not okay with the angle. So once again, what's the story, Kurt? It's this or it's this. It can't be both. I'm thinking maybe, like, because we know how TNA really aren't friendly towards the IWC and in particular rest of radio shows. Maybe they go into his ear and go, okay, we need you just to not say anything, don't throw anything, make this, just say yes and no to interviews so people get mixed reviews. Because TNA don't normally allow the talent to do online interviews. That's true, they don't. I should know this, but, um,. What else do we have? Um, SmackDown's rating last week was down, um, but it's still the highest rating rated uh, show on Sci-Fi. Is it Sci-Fi? Sci-Fi. Uh, JR said that he's not scheduled for WrestleMania, which is a shame because I want him to be at Mania to call the match, but no, apparently it, it, it will be Booker T. Um, what else do we have? Do you know that MVP is actually in Japan right now with yeah. the earthquake? I, I've been reading tweets from him and Giant Bernard all day, and uh, yeah. just the, the stuff these guys have said all day has just been—it's been very eye-opening. And you know, I feel for anyone that is in Japan. I, I know that uh, when this first happened, there—I I, don't—and I haven't really kept up to date with what's going on right now. I know they—they they didn't have phones going on. Twitter was working, believe it or not, but uh, Skype was working as well. Yeah, Skype was working. So I—I I don't really know what's going on, but. I know that Albert said he was in the hotel sleeping with his shoes on. And he was going to take his fat ass out of there if it started shaking again. And you had uh, MVP tweeting that each time he got to sleep, he'd be aw- he would be awoke by the shaking. And that he wanted to go kick the shit out of the earthquake. <laughs> Which yeah. I found funny. Um, now, hold on. Were- I, I, I did get a hold of Marcus Stevenson today via Twitter. Right. And actually inquired as to the... Uh, if there was any destruction to Ukes, the company that is responsible, obviously, for making the SmackDown versus Raw series. And he said that they had no damage when I talked to him earlier today, that uh, they felt the quake, but no damage was done to the offices there. Speaking of THQ, I've actually been in contact with Tank. Oh, yeah. And, yes, it's because over on Twitter, uh, over on, I, I do believe it's, it's at WWE Games, they run a competition each day. And what they do, they give you a dream match. And you have to come up with a saying that JL would say in his dream match. And the match that I won, the, uh, that I won was uh, Piper versus Sheamus. And I tweeted the uh, saying, this match has bowling shoe potential. Was it, was it Piper versus Sheamus or was it Drew McIntyre yes. versus Piper? It was Piper versus Sheamus. Okay. And I won assigned barbecue sauce that will be delivered here within a few weeks so i have now got jr's signature 
coming here to Hampshire, England. I, I, I think the the actual term, was it bowling shoe ugly? I don't know. Because, I mean, you, that's that, that's what he said. Oh, this match is bowling shoe ugly. And you said I bowling shoe potential? Yeah. <laughs> I still won it. It loses something in potential, apparently. Or it loses something in uh, in translation, I think. But Oh, apparently it is potential. I've heard him say bowling shoe ugly. I have never heard JR say bowling shoe potential. Well, apparently he did because he chose me to win it. Okay. It is what it is. So, yeah, I was I sat here and I got an email and I was like, oh, shit, it's Tank. And uh, Tank was just telling me that today that he got to go meet Stone Cold Steve Austin, which I'm kind of, kind of cool. So What? What? Yeah. You make WWE games? What? You think you're better than me, son? What? How come I ain't got a six-pack, boy? What? 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 And here's a bizarre thing. He actually knew who I was. Cool. Like his, he sent me an email going, "Oh yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you won it." Uh, I was like, "Oh, oh, cool." So he must know me from our work with the course cast. Awesome, man. Good job. So, yeah. Now there is one bit of wrestling news, but it's kind of linked in with gaming. So I'm not quite sure which way to put it. Well, Do you I... know what? Let's let's hold off to the gaming segment. Okay. We'll, so we'll, we'll we... just do that. We're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break right now. When we come back from break, I'm going to open the phone lines up. If you guys want to talk anything about professional wrestling, SmackDown tonight, uh, wrestling-related, that's going to be the time to do so when we come back from break. So with that said, on behalf of uh, Crelly, I'm JJ Sexay. We'll be right back right after this with more Unplugged. I have voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and WrestleTalk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio, Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996.
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. Did you know Wrestling News Live is on Monday nights? Well, if you've been hiding under a rock, Monday nights at 11.30 Eastern, 9.30 Mountain Standard Time, The Trey Dog and JJ Sexay go over Raw, all the news of the week in professional wrestling. Make sure you tune in and stay tuned to the SNS Radio Network for all the great programs. Immortal. Can you hear it? That's your time in TNA Wrestling coming to an end. Hulk Hogan, Jeff Hardy, Eric Bischoff, embrace these final moments because I can see the light at the end of your tunnel. I'm on a path of destruction and you are standing in my way. The road to lockdown starts now. TNA Wrestling presents Victory Road, live March 13th, only on pay-per-view.
guys, what's up? This is Lauren Mayhew, and you are listening to JJ Sexay on SNS Network. All right, guys, we're back right here on Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. I, of course, am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. And joining me on the phone lines, we do still have Chris Kelly, Headlocks to Headlines. Com. We also have the one, the only, the sensational sequel on the line, or Sean as we like to call him. And actually, believe it or not, we have a call coming in. I did say I'd take calls after the break. So let's go to the phone lines before I bring Sean on. And uh, welcome to the show. Who's this? It's me, the king of all of Italy. A little bit, little bit reduced tonight, but let's just put it this way. SmackDown tonight can be dropped down into one line. Belichick's promo. Undertaker, you made the match. You made the match. No holds barred. Thank you. That was the most entertaining promo that I've heard in a long time. Short, sweet, effective, and downright intense. And it brought out an emotional response out of me. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see these guys beat the crap out of each other, no matter how badly Taker's banged up. And I know Taker's banged up, and we all know that this thing is going to be no holds barred to allow Michaels to get involved. We all know all the all the ins and outs, but the build up that this match Taker and Triple H has had has been really second to none. But I would like to know what the suits in Stanford were thinking when they edited out. If you read the spoilers from from this past week, they edited out when Taker and Triple H met in the ring tonight. That if you read if you read the spoilers on Headlocks, you would have seen that they it was no, it was noted that Taker and Triple H were in the ring. Triple H gave the crotch chop. Taker gave the throat slash, and that was it. Hey, you know what? Simple, basic, effective. That's all I got to say, and it works. And I want to know what I did to rile up the trade dog so bad. I have no idea. That's that's uh, that's a topic best left un uh, or a rock left uncovered. There, I, I have no idea what's going on between you and the dog. Well, the, all I got to say with the dog is this. The dog is an open invitation on Wednesday nights at 10.30 p.m. Eastern to get on the horn and come toe-to-toe with me when I am fully functional, ready to go, and ready to rant my freaking brains out. But for the time being, I don't, know if, I don't know if the virus is in the neighborhood, but boss, I'll see you down the road. Crowley, if you're there, I'll see you down the road. Sequel, I can't believe I preceded you. Well... <laughs> What can I say? You got you got big shoes to fill there, boy. You got big shoes to fill. Or a big mouth to fill. Whatever the Oh wow, did that not sound good? Oh duh, God. Wow, you know, taking I shots had, tonight. I had it so I, I, I did so well just until that last bit. I should have quit while I was ahead. Oh that's stupid. Alright, I'm done. Later boys. All right, Mike, thanks for the call, but uh, keep in mind, a little penicillin will, will clear that up for you. It will make you fully functional again. Thanks for the call, oh, Mike. Oh, God damn. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, boss.
Bye. Later. <laughs> oh, that was uh, Mike Siciliano, obviously, of the Pro Wrestling Rewind. You can listen to him every Wednesday night right here at 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, along with the power Andy Knowles. With that said, I want to go to the phone lines and bring in the sensational Sean. Dude, what's going on? A lot's going on. I, it's been one of those weeks for me. It's been uh, it's been a pretty bad week, but uh, we're at Friday, so just looking forward to the weekend, looking towards next week. Mike's trying to bring the heat tonight. What's up with that? I don't know who this Mike person is. I never even heard of him, so oh well. I hear you. So normally I would bring you on the gaming segment, but there was a topic that you wanted to bring up tonight. There is, and the topic is, I mean, we discussed it before but we haven't fully ever gone into the discussion of it um and i don't like numbering my my people but i contacted you earlier this week saying hey what's your favorite top 10 wrestlers i mean of all time i mean we got nwa we got the indies we've got the territories we got canada japan england uh south america if they have wrestling down there um I just want to know what your favorite top ten is. If Crowley wants to chime in with his, and I've got my list prepared, I just want to hear what you got. Huh, what I have. Let me pull up my list because we did talk about this the other day. Now, keep in mind that in my list, I don't have any Japanese because I don't follow the product. So, I mean, I guess I'm a little biased in, in some regards, but I'm going on the stuff that I've seen. But I will give you a list, and this is in no particular order. I'm not going to rank this list. I don't feel like this is a show where I need to rank people. And uh, there are some that I'll even throw out that, that didn't make my top ten that I am huge fans of. With that saying, I'll start things off. I have the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels in at number one, Kurt Angle in at number two. And again, just because I'm numbering these does not mean that I think they're the greatest of all time. These are just... My 10 favorite wrestlers, past, present of all time. Number three, I have the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Number four, oh, yeah, the macho madness is in the hizzy. Freak out. Number five, what you gonna do, brother? I got the Hulkster. Number six, cut the music. Everybody's favorite, Ravishing Rick Rude. I love that guy. To this day, I miss Ravishing Recruit. Uh, coming in at number eight, excuse me, coming in at number seven, I have Big Van Vader. Number eight, the Rowdy Scott, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Number nine, what? What? If you think Stone Cold Steve Austin is better than number nine, give me a hell yeah. Number 10, Mr. Perfect. And others that didn't make the list but are still my top faves. Currently, John Morrison, uh, Classic Sting, The Bad Guy, Razor Ramon, and, of course, The People's Champ, The Rock. And those are just the ones that made my list. That doesn't mean that there's others that I didn't like, but you wanted a top 10. I almost gave you a top 15 there. Well, it's fun. I mean, everybody's got their picks of who they like, who they don't like, or who they like more than everyone else. I mean, it's always one of those... Those things, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to hear. Because I mean, we everyone differs on opinions so much, and I mean, me and you, we almost differed a lot, but there's still a couple similarities. My list, and like JJ said, his list wasn't going by numerals; it was just the fact he was naming these out by numbers. 
Um, mine's the same way. I don't rank these guys above each other or below each other. It's just my how I feel these guys. These are the guys that I enjoy the most. Number one, HBK. Uh, always, always enjoyed Michaels. Uh, number two is The Undertaker. I've always enjoyed his persona, so to speak. Number three, the original Sting. Number four, a lot of controversy with this one, is the Crip for Chris Benoit. And I rate that basically on his wrestling abilities as I see him as two different people. I know a lot of people will be against that, but I ranked him as that. Number five is Eddie Guerrero. Number six is Mike Awesome. Number seven is Big Bad Van Vader. Number eight is Mr. Perfect. Number nine is woo, Ric Flair. And number ten, even though I put something else for it, number ten is actually Triple H. I'm a huge fan of, of Hunter Hearst Hemsley. And the one person that I had on the list that I, I will add is Kevin Nash. I've always been a huge fan of Diesel. So now, that's if- my ten. If I had a top 20, I would have listed guys, again, like The Undertaker, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, who I am a fan of, but he was never one of my favorites. In fact, I was a guy that was more into Tully Blanchard than I was Ric Flair. And Arn Anderson would round out that list. Oh, yeah, Arn Anderson would definitely be in the top 20. He's definitely one of my favorites uh, because of how awesome he did with the, uh, the DDT, the Spine Buster, still one of my favorite moves that he did. Triple H is doing really good at perfecting that. And Jake. So. Jake the Snake's got to be up there, too. Oh, yeah. Of course. Did Crowley want to jump in with his, or... I picked Webby Sky because she's hot. Okay. Carry on. Stick with that. <laughs> Reba Sky. There we go. Um, good there list, was something Crowley. else. I felt like Dusty Rhodes and I'm lisping all over the place. You'd think you I had dinner Spiker? work done or something. You think I was the all-American, American, Oklahoman Jack Swagger? Jack Swagger. Get it right. Um, there was something else I saw, and I wanted to... I don't know if Crowley's talked about this yet or not. Um, I saw this on another site today. Uh, the Tough Enough 2011 cast has been revealed. Have you all discussed this at all? Uh, no, we, 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 we mentioned it. Hold on one second. I know Colin in the chat says no mention of Bret Hart. I, I was never a big Bret Hart fan. I respect the work that he did in the ring. You know, I think he's he's all around a, a pretty good technical hand, but I was I was just never a big heart. I was more into Owen than I was Brett. Both Brett and Owen would be in my top twenty. I mean, I'll claim it. I'm a huge fan of Brett and Owen on their wrestling abilities alone. Um, them coming out of the dungeon. I mean, Stu Hart was definitely one of the greatest out there, and I didn't get to see much of his matches. I mean, I can't really find that many. Um, I'll have a look on YouTube a little bit harder, but I mean, Brett Nolan will definitely roll out my top top twenty count due to the fact that their wrestling abilities on. Y'all were saying you'd be up tough. You'd be up tough enough. The names that I saw or have seen is is the Miss USA, Matt Cross, R- Jason Remember for key. Yeah, I can't pronounce that. Uh, Matt Cross, <laughs> Jason. It, hold on, hold on. If anybody doesn't know who Matt Cross is, Matt Cross is basically known, known more as M Dog Twenty. Uh, he did a lot of work for Ring of Honor and CZW, and he's the former tag team partner, uh, briefly of uh, one Terminator Teddy Hart. And he also worked on the Hulk Hogan tour when he went to Australia. Right. Uh, Ethan Watts, 
cool don't big really nasty. know Jason Watts is. He worked for NWA Hollywood, and that's about it. Who, who's yeah, the, who's uh, the guy on the Tough Enough preview with the long blonde hair? And Steve Austin says, your hairdo is pissing me off. Who's that guy? Does anybody know? Long blonde hair um, with a ponytail? Nothing's coming up for them. There's one guy who I don't have a picture of named Mikel Zaki. Uh, he's a Taekwondo expert. Because you know why he said that, right? I mean, you, you get that, right? Why he would say that the, to that guy? The Brian Pillman, uh, Austin, Hollywood Blondes. Well, even even predates the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, back when Steve Austin first started his wrestling career, he had the long blonde hair and had the pretty boy gimmick and had the ponytail. And so he looked a lot like the original stunning Steve Austin. And I just when I, when I saw that, I just started like marking. I was like, that's awesome. The fact that he would pay homage to the kid that has the hairdo just like him back in the day. Your hairdo's pissing me off. The few other names I have is Juliet the Huntress, who a blonde who originally broke into wrestling has been wrestling in Puerto Rico and is Chicago. Darn hot. Actually, yeah. Uh, Christine uh, Crawford, a.k.a. the sister of Alicia Fox, who was actually under contract at WWE just prior to them doing Tough Enough. And Bobby Robson, known as Golden Boy, I think that might be the guy that often says, your hair annoyed me. Well, I'm not sure because he was actually part of Del Rio's um, servants back on SmackDown uh, when Del Rio was doing his whole promo with the piñata in the ring and all that. Um, his hair, he didn't have long hair then. So I'm not sure if that was who Austin was talking to. Um, but some other names that were definitely thrown out that have been thrown out there is Andy Levine, who was actually under WWE de- de- Developmental as uh, Kevin Hackman. Um, Mikhail Zaki, who is a uh, who has a degree, he's apparently 26, has a degree in criminal justice, and is the first degree black belt. He's just he just started competing on the independent circuit uh, two years ago, and then Tristan Gallo, who calls himself the reflection of perfection. And I think there was another person. Way to steal Mark Jindrak's fucking gimmick from WWE. There you go. I was wondering if JD was going to jump in on that one. The reflection of perfection. We we actually had an interview with him. What about how long ago was that, Crelly? About a month ago? Uh, last month? Yeah. Last month we yeah. had uh, Marco Corleone, as he's calling himself now. Thanks to Lucha Libre USA. Yeah, and Dave, um, that's all I've, I've seen um, as the list. and um, So I'm guessing that's all they're, they're going to have. Uh, well, not so far, sure. there's nine pe- so far there's oh. nine people that I've seen confirmed. Uh, I'm looking over them now. Um, you, yeah, there's Andy uh, Levin. Him. Mark, uh, Michael Zaki, Tristan Gallo, and that's it. There's nine names confirmed so far. See, I, I'm interested in watching the show. The only problem that I'm going to have is I might have to watch it on a stream. The only problem with that, the premiere episode that happens the night after WrestleMania, um, they're going to air it after Monday Night Raw, which kind of conflicts with the fact that I'm going to be doing wrestling news live so we're either going to have a delayed start time for wrestling news live that night so that i can actually watch the show and can comment about it after the fact or otherwise we'll be watching it as the show's going on and i really don't want to do that every week afterward it's going to be the lead into monday night raw 
Now, I have to watch it online because I don't believe the score has picked it up as of yet. I haven't heard anything on that. But as you know, the USA Network is not here in Canada, so all of our WWE programming is on the score. Yeah, I don't think yet it's got international clearance. I know that's why they're keeping around tough enough. No, sorry. That's why they're keeping around NXT. NXT has, in, has international clearance, apart from in America. So that's why that's still around. So it might take for, take for them a bit of time to actually get clearance. It can be shown over in England and over in Canada as well. So anything else on your mind there, Sean? No, that was really it. I mean, I definitely wanted to get into that the list that we had basically talked about. And then um, I had I saw that piece of news today, and I was kind of curious about what uh, if that had been talked about yet. Okay. So. Well, with that said, uh, I am going to take your phone calls right now. If you want to chime in on some professional wrestling topics, now's the time to do so. Of course, the number, of course, 501-588-7957. Or if you're in the chat room and want to call free, uh, click the Call Me widget, follow the directions, and it's a toll-free call to you. So that now, is well, ways well, of reaching the show. Go ahead, Crowley. I was going to say, we've also got a bit, bit of time we could cheaply plug our pages so the listeners know where to follow us. I'm on Twitter at H2HCrelly, if you guys want to follow me. JD, yours, JD underscore secretary one. It's, uh, yeah, SNS All right. underscore JJ sex A1, I believe. Now, like, with, now, here's something that's been discussed quite heavily. With the return of Tough Enough and NXT and the Diva, and the Diva Search, it, will this be an overexposure of wrestling? Will there be too much wrestling on TV? I think that there is going to be a little bit of, of an overexposure. I think NXT and Tough Enough are going to be a different concept altogether. But here's the thing. You know, if you're wanting to do this, I guess it's it's a... They're only bringing in guys from their developmental, guys and gals from developmental anyway. So they should already know the potential of these people. I just think it's too much programming. But then again... This is all kind of fitting Vince McMahon's uh, priorities, considering that he has a wrestling network that he's looked at some point in the near future kind of debut. He's pushed it back a few times. But once that network comes out, he's obviously going to need content to fill that network, which is one reason he buys up all these uh, libraries of defunct wrestling organizations. And looks like it might be another reason he's bringing all these wrestling shows in. So, Well, like, I think if you look at... Uh, so come on. Go ahead. I was say over here in the UK on I think it's Sundays we get thirteen hours of back-to-back wrestling, so they could easily do the network if they can fill thirteen hours of replays only here in here in England. I think within the next year or so we're going to see uh, Vince's WWE channel come out, and we'll. I'm more hoping for it to be an on-demand type thing, but I mean, because we didn't, we never got the WWE on-demand here, and I'm really hoping that we'll see that at some point in the near future. Because I'd love to have something like that on our cable boxes, just like they have for the online site. Um, WWE 24/7, as uh, Colin 711 says in the chat room, is is what it was called. Um, I'd love to have it as an on-demand. Uh, type of feature where you can go in, select something, you can watch the Raw from that week, you can watch SmackDown from the last week, or whatever's been updated to that point, and then you can go and like catch up on a pay-per-view, catch highlights of the pay-per-views, or stuff like that, watch promos, old matches, 
and stuff like that. I'd like that, and that's what I'm more hoping that Vince's channel will be like. Well, we'll have to see. Let's go to the phone lines. Joining us right now, welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? It's Ashley. How's everybody doing? I not much, Ash. How are you doing tonight? Uh, pretty good, especially after last night's guinea pig test. Yeah, yeah. You and I had a, a nice discussion <laughs> with, with the boys, Mark the Shark, DiCarlo, and Internet Dave last night. For those of you who uh, may not realize it as of this point, uh, Sunday Night Showdown will continue this Sunday night covering TNA's Victory Road pay-per-view, a pay-per-view that only had like you know a week worth of build. Uh, we now actually have matches for that pay-per-view. But as most of you know, I have, I'm boycotting TNA, and I refuse to host my own show doing pay-per-view recaps and pay-per-view coverage of TNA. So on Sunday night, I will not be a part of the broadcast. It will be hosted by Mark the Shark DiCarlo. Internet Dave will be along, and former TNA X Division champion will be in studio with Mark the Shark DiCarlo and Internet Dave to bring you all the action from Victory Road this Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the SNS Radio Network. And before we jump into anything else, yes, we are doing picks. If you want to get your picks in, you need to do it as soon as possible. I would not be taking any more picks. If you send it to me on Sunday, they are not getting used. So you need to get it to me. Cookie. We'll discuss yours in a second. If you had a chance, Crelly, you'd choose Pikachu. (laughs) This is true. I would choose Pikachu. I do. You know, it's hilarious. I'm actually playing a new Pokemon right now, too. Um, (laughs) Damn. It's kind of hilarious that you bring that up. But not talking gaming, um, if you want to get your picks in, I need them by Saturday. Like I said, if I look at that and see a date of Sunday, I will not be using them. So that is your one warning for this week. Get them to me tonight or tomorrow. And, JJ, we've already discussed yours. You'll get them to me before Sunday. You know what the sad thing is, guys? I really think the last time the Sensational Sean had a date, he probably used the opening line as, hey, I'll let you see my Pokemon if you let me get a Pikachu. Wow, JJ, really? Shit, the tumbleweed just went by. I'm telling you. (laughs) I heard crickets. That's all I heard. Nice. Anyway, carry on. (laughs) Um, Crelly wanted to know about the Undertaker situation. In my good research, which is basically bugger all, uh, since... WrestleMania, he's had eight matches. Eight matches since last year's WrestleMania. Yeah. Two on Raw against Swagger and Edge. Then the match for the Fatal 4-Way against Mysterio on SmackDown, which is where he broke his orbital bone in his face. I rest my case. My point has been perceived. Eight matches, and that guarantees you a main event spot at WrestleMania. Now, in theory, he could do it. For like five or six more years, wrestling eight matches a year. Because it, it can't be that hard to keep yourself fit over eight matches a year. But who knows? Um, someone else talk. <laughs> wow, I was just going to say, I, I, I thought you were proving a point there, Curly. Sorry. No, but. just eight matches are over, over 12 months, right? And the fact that he's off for about eight, about eight months of the year, he could easily stick to this schedule where he wrestles no match of the year apart from Mania. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, that- I'm, I'm not a big fan of the, of the concept of working a certain set amount of matches. In his defense, however, The Undertaker, like I said, he gets rushed back from injury, and then he ends up getting hurt again. Uh, I think that the time is near. It's, it's time to go ahead and call it quits. After this WrestleMania, I think he needs to do 20. You know, Next year he'll be 20-0, perceivably, and that's it. 
hang the boots up. End of discussion. That I, I believe more so that's the plan of what's going into shape. I mean, they're they're pushing for him to get twenty, and I mean, hitting twenty and O for WrestleMania is a big, as they call it, milestone. Um, and I think that's what Vince is looking at is like, I want you to get twenty, get yourself healed up, and let's get you there, and then you can retire. We'll put you in the Hall of Fame, and all this. And I mean, if they do it, if he goes to twenty, then. If he decides to go more, I'll be pretty much saying myself, uh, really, dude, you need to stop. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we've got another 365 days after WrestleMania to see what happens. Well, and he'll, he'll take the next six months off after Mania, which is fine. I, I don't think he needs to, to be back. I think he needs to take the time off, heal, you know, and then come back to build WrestleMania next year. I think that that would be ample enough time. And next year, it should be him and John Cena, and he should he should bury John Cena. It should be done. You know, I would be shocked if they put John Cena over him. But I'm I'm tired, and I've said this several times. I'm tired of seeing the Undertaker fight multiple the the same person multiple times. We saw it with Kane. We've seen it with HBK, and now we're seeing it with Triple H. I mean. You couldn't have given it to somebody, again, like Sheamus or Wade Barrett, who, granted, wouldn't get the win over The Undertaker, but could at least have a decent showing against the guy. I'm just tired of the same old thing. Ashley, is there anything else before we, uh, before we move on, my friend? Um, I don't think there's anything else wrestling-wise. I might call in for video game and other related stuff, because there's been a bit of video game movie news this week as well. But so I'll, I'll, I'll leave that till later. Sounds good, oh, actually. Spoilers. <laughs> speak to you later. All right, man, thanks. Yeah. Now, have you guys had a chance to catch Zack Ryder's uh, YouTube videos? I have not. Because he is hilarious. Like, you got guys like Chris Jericho and CM Punk and, and John Cena putting him over, saying how funny Zack Ryder actually is, saying that he should be on Raw each week. And I agree with him. Zack Ryder is, a, like, considering where he came from, being a major brother, to being a tag team champion, to being Zack Ryder. That guy's funny as fuck. He should, he should be on um, been Raw each week because he, he can cut a good promo. All right, cool. Let's go, let, let's, uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Get ready to bow your head and put a dollar in the collection plate. The Pope is in the house. <laughs> What's on your mind, Pope? Not much. Normally when I call in, I'm in like a joking mood and whatnot, but... Tonight, I'm actually trying to be serious for a minute about the earthquake in Japan and the tsunamis and whatnot. Yeah. I feel that. But right now, I think I need to actually get serious for a minute and have a serious, serious prayer about that, man, because that really got to me this afternoon because all that loss of life, man, it just reminded me a lot of Hurricane Katrina. And I was one of the people who was uh, trapped in Hurricane Katrina because I was living in New Orleans at that point. So seeing all those people on the roof, it just got to me, man. It made me emotional. I hear you, so man. I just, want to do a, I just want to do a quick, serious prayer about that. Well, hang, hang on one second, Pope. Let me pull your music up, and uh, you go right ahead, okay? Brothers and sisters, we come to you again. And God, we're just asking you 
please look over the people in Japan right now. Look over the people who are missing their loved ones right now. Look over the ones that have been hurt and injured, and just keep them safe under your uh, your undying under your undying watch, Lord. And we ask you to make sure the professional wrestlers we have over there in Japan come home safely, so they can entertain us once again, Lord. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, anything else on your mind there, Trentavious? Uh, that's it, man. I just need to get that off my chest real quick because I was that, I just really emotional that morning when I heard about it. I just needed to feel. I really needed to get that off my chest. I had to be serious for a minute with that one. Well, cool, man. I appreciate yeah, the well, call. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later, Trent. That now, was... did you guys see the see the report that TNA is seriously looking at leaving Orlando to have more shows on the road, i.e., having events here in England? Because if they do, that'd be fantastic because you saw how well they sold in North Carolina. You've seen how they outsold WWE in England. Do you think them going on the road will kind of get rid of the mold that they're stuck in with WWE 2.0? Well, you know what? I think it'd be a great idea for them to travel around. They might actually make a gate. You know, people paying to see the show. That's what you want. I mean, that's the whole idea is to strive for a wrestling company. I mean, I know it's unheard of in this day and age, but... You know, part of the having a business that you want to be successful is making money off the business. If you're just sitting there doing the show at Orlando and you're getting the usual impact zone cronies that, that come into the park and stay there all day, and it's the same people that you see each and every week, you're not bringing in new people for the most part. Yeah, go out there and, and get that money. Go out there and, you know, make people pay to see your shows. Because right now, the only way that people actually pay to see this show is if they end up buying a package deal to go to the theme park. Because usually TNA is the main like, attraction in the, in the package deal. It's fly, fly, fly to Orlando, go see TNA Wrestling. So if they could actually leave Orlando and make their own money, it'd be great. But they'd hit the phone lines, JJ. Yeah, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hello, JJ, TM Bronx. TM Bronx, and he sounds so different, people. <laughs> um, first of all, I want to, you know, second everyone's opinion on Japan. As a guy who went through, well, I mean, I wasn't in the mix of it, but as a New Yorker who went through 9-11, I know what these disasters are. So, you know, definitely a lot of sympathy and my prayers go out to everyone in Japan, without a doubt. Absolutely. You know, and, and like I said, starting the show off, I mean, Japan is a... Uh, is a country that's very culture-rich with, with both gaming and, of course, professional wrestling. And to think that, you know, we've lost so many lives and there's so many people missing right now, uh, I, I'm just, I'm in shock over what happened. It, it just, it blows me away. I woke up this morning and literally spent hours glued to, uh, to my computer looking at the different footage of the, the tsunami stuff, washing over the, the Japanese airport there. Uh, just, I was amazed. I was really in awe. And, you know, I definitely feel the loss. And, again, I, I did mention that I did some donations today to, to try and help out uh, the rebuilding and the, re the the search efforts in Japan. So, you know, if you're able to, definitely do that. And, uh, you know, if the Red Cross is looking for blood, give your donations, guys. 
Well, I mean, I, I don't know if I give my blood because I don't want everyone in Japan on a bender. But uh, basically, there's something I wanted to say about TNA, kind of about, you know, the heat that you, you sometimes feel you're getting justifiably for being a TNA hater. You know, I just want to say there are two types of TNA critics out there. There are ones who criticized it even back when it was good just because it was the cool thing to do. These are the type of assholes who go back to the same restaurant 10 times, even though the food sucks, just so they can send it back and bitch. Now, what I'd like to clarify for everyone is that's definitely not you. You're a guy who, I mean, I've been listening to SNS for over a year. You've been covering it. You've been paying for it. And it, the only difference is between like a guy like me and Trey and yourself is that you were pushed too far. You know, I understand that, but at least, you know, you say, you know what, if, if all I'm going to have to do is bitch, I don't want to be a negative person, so I'm not going to watch it, and I respect you for that. Me, I'll still watch it. I mean, I'm almost there, but I'm not there yet. I'm still willing to watch it. I'm still willing to give it a chance, but I'll tell you, on my DVR, I'm hitting that fast-forward button more and more. Well, like I said, I didn't watch Impact this week. The only thing that I saw about Impact, obviously I read the spoilers since I'm not watching the show. I know what happened. I'm not going to make any judgments. I'm not going to say a word. The only thing that really bothered me was I saw pictures of Sting's new makeup, and I kind of felt like he had a touch of the tart. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I didn't see that yet. I have to check that out. I have to look that up. I hope it's an experiment because it didn't work. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you just, you know, but that's about all I have to say about TNA. The only quick thing I have to say about the WWE is, you know, uh, a guy like Taker, I definitely think he's just going to be, you know, two more WrestleMania attractions. This guy can't afford to wrestle in between WrestleManias anymore. And like I, I tried to say in the chat room, I've never wrestled. I've never been seriously injured, thank God. But I know for a fact that your body gets to a point where you can never fully heal. You're always going to be in some type of pain and you're always going to get re-injured easily. So, you know, that's why I respect guys like the boxer Lennox Lewis. Lennox was smart. He won his title. He said, I made my money. I'm done. I'm going to retire with this title. You know, just release it, you know, put it up for grabs for the next guy without, you know, waiting until my body is destroyed. I would think at this point, Taker has enough money where he can retire. But I'll be honest with you, 20 is a nice, round, even, prestigious number. And I think the only reason that Taker hasn't retired yet is, come on, man, if it was you, wouldn't you want that 20? Absolutely, I'd want that 20. I would absolutely want it. My only concern is that they're going to go 20 and decide to do it the next year, and rather than let him have 21, they would put somebody over top of him. I think Taker needs to keep that streak intact. He needs to retire at 20 and be done with it. Or if you really want to give it to somebody, give it to someone that, that needs it, that's obviously new to the business and could use a huge rub. Obviously not a guy like John Cena. Oh, no, I'd riot. But, I mean... You know, get, uh, what I think they should do is, I think you can have it both ways. Give them 20. Give them that nice, even number. And then maybe if he can still do it, if he wants to do it, let him lose it, you know, number 21. 
And I mean, a long time ago, you and Trey on Wrestling News Live had mentioned a scenario where he loses at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania and he just dies. I mean, the Druids just come out, take him out. The next night he comes out on Raw as Mark Calloway and says goodbye. I mean, I think that was some of the best fantasy booking you guys ever did. But it shouldn't be done at number 20. It should be done at number 21. And it sure as hell should be anyone. I'd rather it be freaking Doink the Clown than freaking John Cena. <laughs> wow. Dong. <laughs> Doink could come out in a little car and like 20 other clowns could get out of the car with him. And Undertaker could have this epic entrance. That'd be awesome. I, I would mark for, for Doink the Clown versus Taker. That, that, that's, I hope that I can make Doink the Clown in All-Stars just so I can do that now. Way to go, well, Bronx. I, I think the person to beat Taker at WrestleMania should be Michelle McCool because after all, each night... She does lay down for him, so it'd be nice for her, to, nice for him to return oh, the favor. Don't kid yourself; she pins him all the time. Anyway, anything else, Bronx? Before we take this last break and kind of move on with the gaming segment. Uh, yeah, I have a spoiler. I'm going to give out. I actually just found out, uh, looking around, who Taker is going to lose to uh, at number 21. The way this motherfucker is trending on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, Charlie Sheen's the guy who's going to beat the taker, no doubt. He's got tiger blood, bro. Winning. He's winning all the time. All right, man. Have a good night, JJ. Awesome shit as, as always. All right, Bronx. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Peace. All right, guys. With that said, we're going to go to our final break of the night, come back, talk some gaming, and uh, kind of wrap things up. So stay tuned for more right here on the SNS Radio Network. You are listening to Unplugged with JJ Sexay. Amigos, ¿qué pasa? My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. And you're listening to the SNS Radio Network. Ha <laughs> ha. Life human beings. He is the big show. But you've never seen him like this. Now, experience firsthand how a larger than life superstar lives in an average sized world in Big Show, a giant's world. Growing up being freakishly large isn't as cool as you might think it is. Here's your chance to go behind the scenes and get an exclusive look at one of the most charismatic entertainers both in and outside of the ring. <laughs> including candid interviews. I'll tell you if I story, actually. It'll be so bad that I said so. Vintage moments. Oh, superplex! The ring just imploded! And 24 devastating matches showcasing over 15 years of the Big Show's dominating career. Big Show, a giant's world, available now. I'm going to ask you one question, brother. You want some? What you going to do? Come get some! On March 29th, generations will collide. 
in the most epic fantasy warfare matchups ever. Stars of today, the largest athlete on the planet, the most iconic WWE legends of yesterday. I come here to fight. I don't know what you come here to do. Battle in 15 unprecedented dream matches. I am the role model this world needs. The biggest piece of trash I ever saw in my life. I've always been the snake you should worry about. You have just made the biggest mistake in your life. I will take me seriously. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. I am the premier superstar in the WWE today. When you look at Mr. Perfect, what you see is what you get. And what you're getting is absolutely perfect. The greatest matchups haven't happened until now. In store, March 29th. Pre-order WWE All-Stars at GameStop today. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. And your girlfriend now. Uh, uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me a melt. My melt? Yeah. And your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. For over two decades, the greatest cities have welcomed the world to WrestleMania. Now on April 3rd, 2011, the most spectacular event in live entertainment is coming to Atlanta. All right, guys, we're back, unplugged, right here on the SNS Radio Network. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexy. And it is time now for a little gaming news with the one, the only, the sensational sequel. We still call him Sean here. And yes, for those of you asking, it is the sequel to last week's gaming segment. Ladies and gentlemen, the sensational Sean. <laughs> 
I'm back. Yeah, that's what what Agamemnon said. Um, before we do start, I do want to throw my prayers out there to everyone in um, in Japan. I want to throw it even out. I mean, no one's more important than anybody else, but I do want to. I do hope and I do pray that everyone in the military bases overseas are okay. Uh, Okinawa Air Force Base is out there. Uh, the Navy base. I really hope everyone's okay, and uh, I'm hoping that some of my friends can give me an update as what's going on because I know I have a few a few Marines over there in Japan, so I'm hoping I can get an update so I know everything's going okay. So my prayers, my thoughts are going out to everyone over there. Um, so I just wanted to say that right quick. Um, news for this week, we've got a few things to talk about, but the first thing that everyone wants to talk about is apparently Stevie Richards threw the first perfect no-hitter game um, he pitched a no-hitter on MLB 2K11, so this means he wins the $1 million, right? No. Um, he filmed it, put it on YouTube to show that he did, in fact, pitch a no-hitter. And 2K11 came out, or uh, 2K or whatever their names are, came out and says, hey, we're sorry you don't win. Um, the contest doesn't start until April 1st. April Fool's Day, anybody? Um, so apparently he does not win. Uh, if he can get it out there again and go pitch another no-hitter by April 1st, then he will win the money. But 2K actually said that uh, since it was in their, their stuff saying that he did not do it on April 1st, he does not win the $1 million. I'm calling bullshit. Okay, look, I understand April 1st, yeah. Maybe that's when it's supposed to be done. But let's see what happens. If, he, if in fact, he does it again on April 1st, I, I, you know what? I still feel like this is a joke. I still feel like they're full of bullshit. I'm kind of curious about this because it, it was pretty hilarious when uh, it popped up on my news stories. I was kind of like, wait, Stevie Richards got a no-hitter? I was like, and he didn't win? I was like, okay, um, that's, that's kind of weird. And I was just like, but and then they come out and say he doesn't win. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. Um, okay, that's a little weird. So I'm really wondering what 2K is actually going to do about this. If they're going to offer him some kind of uh, second place type thing, if he doesn't get it, I'm kind of curious as what they're going to do. Period. They're not going to do anything. They've already yeah. said that he doesn't win. He's not getting the money. You know, I, I think it's kind of shitty, but, you know, at the same time, you know, the contest doesn't start till April 1st. So I see their point of view on it. So you really can't. I don't know. I mean, again, you really can't feel like the guy got screwed here when he didn't wait till the contest started. He did it before the contest started. Yeah. And I'm hoping that Stevie, I mean, me being a fan of Stevie somewhat, I'm saying I hope he gets it. Um, he goes back and pl- replays it and gets it on April 1st, and it's updated, and he wins. That's what I'm hoping. I'm not sure what will happen, but I'm just hoping. Now, for those of you that might not know, Stevie Richards' actual name is, uh, is Michael Manna, is a very technological guy. I think he actually does a podcast where he talks technologies. Mm-hmm. And so very knowledgeable, very smart, and the fact that he threw a, a perfect game doesn't surprise me, but... Again, you got to follow the contest rules. And if it says April 1st, well, it's not April 1st. Yeah. So 
here's hoping that he gets it. I mean, it's he's doing a he did a great job just getting it the first time. So here's hoping he gets it for the second time. Um, let's see what else. This one's kind of funny. This one caught me off guard a little bit. Uh, GDC was last week. Um, given out at GDC, let me take a look at this. Given out at GDC was um, the new Xperia Play phones, which are basically the PlayStation phones they're calling them. Um, and apparently, they were given away to all the they were given away to developers at the GDC panel and raffles. Well, apparently some of them have popped up on eBay. So, the, apparently one guy who is selling his works across the street from Sony, and he's trying to sell it for seven hundred thirty dollars. So, if this guy gets a little smart, he may want to stop selling it kind of quick and uh, move away from the Sony offices before they come over and kind of say, "We got to talk." Huh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's just kind of funny that that's what happened. Um, wait, wait, hang on a second. Hey, hang on a second. I'm, I'm I'm putting my foot down. I'm reading the shit that's going on in the chat room, and if I don't fucking see some serious shit, calm the fuck down. I'm gonna start fucking banning motherfuckers. You don't like my rules? Get the fuck out of my chat room. Continue. Um, something. Uh, a report came out saying that Microsoft is hiring some engineers. Uh, those engineers are. To be to to start working on the next generation console, Microsoft is already looking at the future. It's going past the Xbox 360 into what could be coming out next, and Microsoft is basically trying to get itself ready for possibly this year's announcement that there that people are saying could be the announcement of a new console. Um, it could also be ready for next year, seeing as how um, 2012 is set to be a a good Microsoft year uh, with the fact that the Kinect has already sold over 1 million um, in stores already. So they're looking at trying to push the successor to the Xbox 360. So I am very happy to hear about this as I am a Microsoft somewhat fanboy, I will call it out, and I want to see what they can possibly come up with next at uh, for Microsoft. You know what? I mean, that's cool. I mean, I, I don't think that the Xbox 360 is going to have a 10-year life cycle like the, uh, obviously, like the PlayStation 2. And I am looking forward to seeing what they can develop. Uh, so it's possible within the next three years we could actually see, well, barring that we all don't die in 2012, we, we could see a, uh, a new Xbox 360 console or, I guess, the predecessor to the Xbox 360. Well, first, JJ, we have to get past the 18th or 19th when we have a supermoon. Um, so I'm looking more forward to that than I am anything else. And that's this month? Yeah, that's uh, a few days away, apparently. And, and, and what does a supermoon entail? Because obviously I'm just not understanding what's going on here. Um, basically, it's when the moon is closer to the Earth than uh, normally. Uh, it hasn't happened in about 18 years. And I actually remember it happen happening uh, 18 years ago. I was seven at the time um it just it's just the moon is a whole lot closer to the earth than it normally would and gravitational forces are kind of pushing um a little bit harder than they would normally would so i'm kind of i'm kind of wondering how this is going to go and a lot of people have said that um this is going to cause some destruction uh some natural disasters are going to happen so i'm really really seeing what's going to happen here this could be 
um, what all the earthquakes and all that have been leading up to is the supermoon. So who well, knows? Well, you know, it, it does make sense. Again, like I, I mentioned, that ring of fire, it's a very you know volatile area. Once you have one earthquake, it definitely produces other things like volcanic eruptions, earthquakes in other parts of the world. You know, I, as I said at the start of the program, I would expect California to get hit with an earthquake within the next week, if not sooner. Yeah, um, I'm really wanting to see what's going to happen here because um, it's definitely a lot of people are, uh, uh, a lot of astronomers and a lot of geologists and a lot of other people who are more into this a lot definitely say something's going to happen. A lot of disasters are going to happen. So it's definitely going to see what what's going to come up. Um, going to some gaming numbers right quick. Um, as we were, as you guys uh, joked about Pokemon a few minutes ago, um, the numbers have come out for the U.S. launch date sale for the black and white. Um, they sold exactly 1.08 million in the United States on launch date alone. That is 24 hours. That is Tuesday, and that is it. Wow. It beat out the original selling of Pokemon Pearl and Diamond by 780,000 units. So if someone wants to say Pokemon is irrelevant, you have lost your mind. You know, so. I haven't played Pokemon since, I'm going to say, 2002? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually dating uh, my high school sweetheart back at that point after I divorced my uh, my first wife. And she had a a daughter that was about four years old. And so I used to actually play daddy quite a bit and play uh, Pokemon on the Nintendo 64. So I haven't played a Pokemon game since the Nintendo 64 days because, well, you know, it's really not my thing. But, yeah, even I know that Pokemon is still alive and thriving. I mean, I... um. A lot of people know me as I like to play stuff that I can't... I'm not supposed to have my hands on. And I had a copy of the Pokemon Black uh, English translated version of the Japanese version. And I have to say, when I played that, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I actually went and bought the new Pokemon Black from GameStop yesterday. And I have to say, it's just as fun as it was long all those, all those years ago when it first came out. But it's definitely changed a lot. And I'm very happy to see them change it up like they did. Oh, Trey Dog trying to be funny in the chat room. How come 1.8 in the worldwide Pokemon sales is something when 1.9 million TNA views are seen as, ah, who cares? Moving on. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Um, uh, going along with numbers also, uh, MPD has come out and says that, uh, says that, Call of Duty Black Ops is the United States' best-selling game ever. Let's bold that, hyphenate that, all caps it, best-selling game ever. What does that really say about anything else? I mean, let's see if I can find numbers. Uh, apparently, it sold 5.6 million copies in the UK and US on day one. Last time these numbers ever came out was um, the Wii Play uh, reached uh, for Nintendo 13 million. So, I mean, the fact that Black Ops has sold 5.6 million copies on day one and has still been selling is something to say about how 
enjoyable, enjoyable this game is. Something you'll want to talk about, I know, yeah. is Batman Arkham City has a release date for it's October. North America. It's October 18th, isn't it? Yeah, it is October 18th. Um, they announced it just recently, and I had to make sure I had my dates right. Uh, it was supposed to be October 21st for Europe and other global territories, and then it'll be released in Australia on October 19th. Talking about Australia, they are getting Mortal Kombat. It is being it is receiving the new letter grade or the new uh, the new rating R18 in New Zealand. Uh, you know what? I heard about this. Instead of getting fatalities, you actually give your opponent daisies. <laughs> it's friendships all around. You give them a Fosters oh, or Roses. Or shrimp on the bobby, mate. I'm kind of curious as to what they did change. I mean, the picture that the person that they're showing on the website is looks like Liu Kang giving Scorpion a knee to the face, and all you see is the skull and blood going out from the face. So I'm kind of curious as to what they did change. Um, that's it for gaming news, but there is there are two pieces of movie news that I do want to talk about. Well, before we get into that. Since we are still talking gaming news, and, and I want to, I want to wrap this. But there is a video that made the rounds today. I have the audio from it. Uh, John Morrison making a visit to the THQ San Diego studios to check on the WWE All Stars progress. And uh, here is that video. This is hilarious. You guys are going to kick out of this. Usually there's pyro when I do that, but it's inside. Probably a smoke hazard. I'm here at THQ San Diego getting a tour of the office and finding out how WWE All-Stars was put together. The concept for WWE All-Stars was to make something that was different, very easily accessible, wrestling-style combat with fighting-style action. I think you're on and show you a little bit of the studio, show you a little bit of how this game was made. Awesome. Programming staff here. These guys are responsible for all the workings of the game. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, yeah, it looks like a bug right there. I think you ought to fix oh, that. Yeah. Thanks, John. I've been looking for that one. Video game code for dummies. Ah. Uh, next, we're going to go to quality assurance. These guys are responsible for playing the characters themselves, right? As humans. That was nice, you guys. You guys gave Hulk Hogan some hair. My favorite part about the uh, the programmers is, uh, is Ina. Here, it's like Tina without a T, and her John Morrison poster. This is very good for the ego. I'm going to just hang here. Okay. Didn't do this all day. Okay. Kofi looks really mellow. He also looks like he needs to floss. What we want to show John today is what we go through to create the, the game in general. So how his character is created, how his movesets are created, how we perform the motion capture moves. Everything that the team goes through as a tribute to what we see on the program. These guys are responsible for doing all the audio you'll hear in WWE All-Stars. We go in the booth and we, we make our own sounds and we blend things together. Who does the elephant sounds? Uh, that would be Sal. That was the elephant. I heard it. This is our musician and composer. Hey, nice, nice to meet you, man. Can you play guitar at all? Um, oh, you know, I dabble. I haven't played in a while. I learned more than I expected to. Everybody here at THQ has been really awesome, really hospitable, really, really knowledgeable. 
take a look at the art cave here. The art cave. These are guys responsible for all the great art you'll see in WWE All-Stars. Our challenge with you was to take perfection, make it more perfect. The shaman of sexy approves. Gotta hand it to you, Sal. You found a way to somehow make Seamus uglier. No wonder why they are the programmers, animators, and designers, and I am the sports entertainer, because what they do is so complicated. So back in the drive-thru at Starbucks, I'm getting a frappuccino and a maple scone. Dave's studying moves, and Nick's studying how they actually are going to work in the game. Man, that's amazing. Aristotle always said, to learn gives the liveliest pleasure. If Aristotle was here today, I would call him on my cell phone and say I had a good time at THQ San Diego. Thank you very much from me, from everybody in World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, thank you for what you do, and thanks for showing me around and letting me hang out here today. Group hug! Group hug! Come here! So that video was funny. He actually did have a couple of things to say uh, derogatory. He did say that they were nice to Hogan by giving him hair. Uh, at one point, he sees a poster of Kofi Kingston, uh, one of the big cardboard cutouts, and says that Kofi needs to floss. And, of course, manages to say that they made Sheamus uglier than his real-life persona. So, uh, very entertaining video if you get a chance to, to check it out. Uh, the audio doesn't do the video justice. And I would like to see more of this John Morrison character with a personality on WWE TV. Can I get, can I get an amen, brothers and sisters? Amen. So, anyway, yeah. uh, as far as the WWE All-Stars front, again, the game does release March 29th. If you have not checked out the Facebook application, please do so. They've unlocked all of the fantasy matchups on the Facebook app. You can, uh, you know, decide who would win battles between Sheamus and the Warrior, uh, Hogan and, and John Cena, of course, and I do believe Swagger Slaughter, and there's a couple other ones. But you need to participate in sharing the app with your friends because there is a secret character that will be announced via the Facebook application and it will be a free download once you get the WWE All-Stars game. So they're kind of keeping those secrets out there, but the more people that download and check the Facebook app, uh, they will actually reveal that secret character that you're going to get for free when the game ships. Check it out. I'm looking forward to it a, a little bit more every day. I've, um, next week is Homefront, and then two weeks after that is... Uh, WWE All Stars. I mean, Homefront's looking very amazing. Uh, All Stars has definitely got my attention with uh, the two generations facing off in one ring. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, technically, it's three if you think about it. Is it three weeks? Well, it, 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 it says two, but when you're talking the, the era of Jake the Snake and Hulk Hogan and John Cena, and then you've got The Rock and Austin, who were actually a generation under themselves. And right. I think one of the fantasy warfare matches that I think is being rumored is Rock and Triple H. Didn't didn't we see that several times in the Attitude Era? Yeah, we actually saw a ladder match uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, Rock and and Triple H. I mean, it was one of the better uh, singles ladder matches. So I mean, I don't know. Didn't didn't we see? I mean, yeah. I mean, they had multiple altercations. You know, whether it was triple threat matches or one on one confrontations. So. I just I find that interesting, but you know, most charismatic pits, uh, I believe, the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah, the madness taking on uh, John Morrison. I, I I question that one. Most charismatic, okay. I know, but Trent, uh, the Pope, has lined in the chat room. The secret character is Jeff Hardy in prison bitch attire. 
Hey, boy, you sure do got a pretty mouth. He looks like a fish. I'll trade him for two cigarettes. All right. Moving on. Yes, moving on. Um, uh, announced this week where it was two reboots that are coming in the works for game-to-film uh, movies. Uh, Tomb Raider is number one. The second is Doom. They are going to redo the Doom series, even though there was a possibility of a Doom sequel, there's going to be a, a reboot of the entire series. And it was just only created, what, 2005? Apparently, there's also rumors and speculation going on that they're working on the Doom movie due to the fact that they're going to announce that Doom 4, the next iteration in the entire Doom series, is going to be released later on this year in the holiday season. Uh, if this is true, I could care less about the movie. The game is what I want. I want to play Doom 4. I could care less about Doom the movie. I want Doom for the video game. So, in software, get me Doom 4, please. I hear you. You know what? I don't really care if they remake the movie. Doom was awful. It was one of The Rock's worst movies. Anthony Hopkins is going to play a villain in one of the greatest movie series ever. Uh, he's going to. He's possibly in. He's close to signing a deal to play a villain in Bond Twenty Three. Oh wow! He signs the deal. Uh, this just makes me wanting to see Bond even more. I'm a huge James Bond fan. Uh, one of my favorite James Bond films came on the other day. Goldeneye. Pierce Brosnan, uh, definitely one of my favorite James Bonds, next to Sean Connery, and then, of course, Daniel Craig. This just uh, in, it looks like Justin Bieber has officially signed on to be James Bond Jr. I'm done. I quit. No more James Bond. <laughs> yeah, James uh, Bond's dead. Let's hope that never happens, right? If that happens, then I quit watching movies altogether. Because <laughs> that will kill me inside, outside. I'll get necrosis on my hands. My eyes will melt. It'll be just like when they open the Ark of the Covenant. It'll be like it'll be like having a drug called Charlie Sheen. Skin melts off. Face melts. Yes. But we're winning. We win every Friday night, Sean. Continue. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, Walking Dead, uh, if you've ever seen the sh- this series, um, they have released their DVD already. Uh, it's two disc set. I've actually bought it. Uh, it's two disc set. All episodes are on it. There's only six episodes, I believe. Yep, only six episodes, but they're all an hour long. Um, if you get a chance, go pick it up. Definitely support the Walking Dead series, which comes on AMC. Uh, the, n- the new season will be starting up this fall, 2011, so it's going to be great. Wait, there was one more piece. Uh, the iPad 2 was released today. But no one cares. Well, I, I think Charles Shane would beg to differ on you with that one. I believe he actually picked one up today, so you better watch it. He might fucking call in and call you on the carpet for that. If he wants to waste his money on Apple product um, that failed the failed the first time around, let him go ahead. Wow, no love for the for the uh, Apple iPad from you, huh? I'll give Apple props. I will definitely. I hate Apple computers, um, but I do give them props for making the tablet um the only problem was when i when i actually picked one up and messed with it the first chance uh single processing apple come on 
I mean, I know you worked on that and you got it fixed this time around, but the fact you only had single processing on a tablet you were calling basically one of your greatest things ever is kind of like not even good. If you want to single process something, go single process your old computers or something. I don't care. Anyway. Um, I, I just got an email, actually. I'm sorry. I just got an email. Um, a friend of mine messaged me. I've been warning about the Okinawa um, Marine Corps bases and all that. A lot of guys are saying that the, the base is okay. It's the bases that are more inland that are having the main problems. Um, a couple people reported that uh, the ones on the coast got a 4.4. Uh, earthquake, while the people more inland got the worst things. I just wanted to toss that out there right quick. Now, I, I did want to say one thing. Starting next week, we are, and I put this in the uh, the show preview for tonight, I actually went out today and got a, an email account specifically for Unplugged. So I want to make it a habit each week to uh, read emails from you guys. So starting next week, and I'm going to put this out there, if you have something to say, please send your emails to unpluggedjj at yahoo.ca. That is the new email address for this show. So now every show on this network pretty much has its own email. And I really want to have an email segment each and every week. So definitely send your feedback in, whether you like the show, you hate the show. I'm a dumbass. I don't know what I'm talking about. Sean's a dumbass. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Probably get a lot of those mails. But definitely, yeah, probably, probably, you know, just give me your opinions on what you guys think. If you have an idea that can make the show better, I'm all ears. Let me know what's on your mind. Uh, Trey said he just sent his first email in. Uh, it says, I hate this show, and Sean is a dumbass squared. Nice. Thank you, Trey. I love you, too. So on that note, we're gonna, we might take a, a call or two. If you have something video game related that you want to discuss really quick, now is the time to do so. And uh, that said, after that, we are going to wrap things up. Well, I went a little longer than planned. I'm going to try and streamline the show down to where it's only about two hours to 2.15 each and every week from here on out. A lot of restructuring shows on the network. I'm spending way too much time doing radio shows and editing, so I kind of want to bring the length of our shows down considerably. You should have not made your e- the email that. You should have made it JJ at unpluggedwinning.com. That would have been better. Yeah, but why still Sheen's gimmick? Everybody else has. Uh, that's right. True. Be original for once, right? That's what I do. <laughs> Came out movies today was uh, Battle Los Angeles. Came out. I want to uh, see that. I'm going to try. Maybe I'll do it Sunday since I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to be on a radio show. Maybe I'll go see Battlefield Los Angeles. Who knows? No, no, no. Just Battle Los Angeles, JJ. Not Battlefield. Oh, yeah. Battlefield was that awful movie with John Travolta. My bad. Right. Um, Also came out today is Red Riding Hood. Um, I'm kind of curious about that. It looks pretty darn good. With that big-eyed bitch, Amanda Siegfried. Yeah. (laughs) That bitch has got some big eyes. Like Harmony, Harmony brought that up to me because she likes to watch Big Love. And she is one of the, or she was on Big Love for a while. She's actually one of Bill Paxton's uh, children, the oldest daughter. But on that note, I know you guys are asking for Song of the Night requests. Not tonight. I've actually got something planned for tonight. Maybe next week I'll do that. As long as it's not the last minute of the show. I hate going to YouTube and picking something at the last minute. Because then I have to deal with all the fucking issues of YouTube where the song might not play when I want it to play. 
So usually I, I try to have everything streamlined before showtime, but if you can get it to me early enough in the show or something, then maybe I can accommodate you on Song of the Night requests. But I do have something for tonight. So any uh, any final words, gentlemen? I believe Crelly is still on the line. You there, You there, man? Crelly's not here. Crelly went to bed. Crelly went to bed? He went to bed like almost 30 minutes ago. Oh, I'd be damn, it is just you. Oh, wow, that makes me feel so much better. Hey, I'm producing a show. And in my chat room, seeing what the hell's going on. So, and besides oh. that, I, I put the chat room up so I had to look at your ugly mug. So spare me. The, so spare me your <laughs> condescending remarks. Chat room's taken care of. I got that. Don't worry about that. Um, comments. Last comments. Uh, go buy The Walking Dead if you like. If you ever read the graphic novel, go buy it. If not, get out there and definitely pray and give your thoughts towards Japan. Um, Hawaii, don't know what's going to happen with that. Uh, still waiting on that. And go get your supplies ready for the 19th. Supermoon. Supermoon, coming to an Earth near you. Uh, you know what? I, I should totally call Loki and get him to do that. In a world where the moon is close to the Earth. Be awesome. Anyway. John Cusack coming out, coming out of, the, of the Earth itself. Yeah, driving a limo through fucking buildings and shit. Yeah, they made yeah. that movie. It's called 2012. <laughs> Which, interestingly enough, I might go watch. I actually own it. I like that movie, believe it or not. I, I like Roland Emmerich disaster movies. I like the, the Day After Tomorrow. I like 2012. I love these catastrophe movies. You know what I went and just bought, other than Walking Dead? Scooby-Doo, Curse of the Lake Monster. Huh? Right? Look, there's a gross. I'm actually looking forward to watching it, too. I'm a huge Scooby-Doo fan. Awesome. On that note, uh, on behalf of the Sensational Sean, on behalf of Chris Kelly, headlocks2headlines.com, and everyone who called in tonight, thank you so much. I will catch you guys again Monday night for another episode of Wrestling News Live. Don't forget, Sunday night, the boys are back for Sunday Night Showdown, minus yours truly. As I said, I'm boycotting TNA. I will not be on the broadcast. So Mark the Shark DiCarlo will be uh, holding down the fort along with Internet Dave and former TNA X Division champion Johnny Devine. Yes, that Johnny Devine will be in studio with the boys to help them call all the action at Victory Road. With that said, I will see you on Monday when me and Trey Dog take over the airwaves with Wrestling News Live. We do have scheduled for the program, uh, tentatively scheduled, Road Warrior Animal to talk about his book. So we'll see how that goes out. But anyway, I will see you Monday night. Say goodnight, Sean. Peace, bitches. I am JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. Good night, everybody.
Well, you guys are still here? Go out to a club or something. It's Friday. Good night, everybody.